Welcome again to Before the Crowd. This is the latest episode with a returning guest, uh, which is Ollie Dixon. So a few weeks ago, Ollie and myself sat down and discussed the relevance of session musicians in the modern music industry. Um, everything we talked about is pretty much null and void now because because um, of COVID-19 and this pandemic that we're now in. Uh, so what we want to do is sit down today and talk about where we are right now as musicians, as players, and where we could go in the future and honestly no one knows so we're just going to be discussing it and debating a few points so welcome back ollie hello <laughs> <laughs> oh it's it was so funny just because i was really excited about releasing that last episode and i know like we were just talking about different people were going to listen to it who work in the same industry and session players and how they can relate to it and then by the time it was released i think we we were just about to go into lockdown this could be like the second part of a trilogy and then when we're kind of back to normal and and you're back to touring uh i can put like the relevance of session musicians post coronavirus and we can do be kind of like the lord of the rings but (laughs) yeah except more epic definitely how are you kind of holding up and coping with this this lockdown that we're, we're now in Yeah, definitely. And I think it very much is taking it one day at a time. And it's difficult to stay motivated for some people as well, like you said, like mentally, physically, and, and even practice wise. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I, I, I can see why. Because you've been given, in, 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 this, in the nicest way, it's kind of a gift that we, as people with skills, have been given is all this time to work on that skill. Mm. Uh, and it's it's really true because i guess in terms of like practice practicing on your instrument on drums or, or whatever it is for people i guess if you've got okay i've got this gig in a week's time i've got 20 songs to learn you've got like a deadline to work to but now there's 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 nothing to aim towards in terms of gigs or recordings 
happens to my practice schedule? I don't, well, I say schedule, I don't have like a, a, a day-to-day thing that I'm trying to do, but um, I don't have a drum kit where I am because um, I just have neighbors on either side. I don't really have the room either. Mm. Um, but I think what I've tried to do is just go really far back to basics, fundamentals, look at everything I'm doing there. And what I'm doing is I'm giving myself targets for my practice. Okay. So I'm saying like, I mean, we know what this is for the drummers, but um, there's a book called Stick Control. Okay. Which has, you know, the first page is like 24 different stickings that you can use. Uh, but for, you know, for a guitarist, it could be just scales or modes or something like that. And I'm just saying, right, this week, by the end of this week, I'm going to play this whole page at this BPM. That's it. Purely simple. I can't do it now. By the end of this week, I will be able to do it. And I can just sit. And it's almost like meditation, you know, and it passes the time. You know, I, I start at three o'clock, I look at the clock and it's almost five. And I'm like, oh, wow, cool. It's gone quick, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's just really keeping me in a sort of good mental space, just for my own playing and getting through the days and things. Yeah, it's really difficult. And I, I suppose those are kind of the coping mechanisms and the, the coping strategies that, that you have to use. And obviously, like yourself living in London, it's not exactly like, you know, there's tons of space where you can go outside and move around. Or Like you said, you've got neighbours on either side. It's tough to even practice your art and your instrument right now. Yeah, definitely. But um, I think everyone's just mucking in and doing what they can. and um, We're just getting by. Everyone's made sacrifices. You know, no matter what walk of life you come from, everybody has made sacrifices mm. because of this whole situation. And so it's not a case of me going, oh, I've got neighbours. I wish I could practice all the time so, no, no we're all here. i'm not gonna annoy everyone because they're forced to stay home it's like well you have to listen to me unlucky you know, i'm not gonna make people do that i guess in lockdown they can't really come out and complain though can they because they can't leave their houses i'm not trying to persuade you to annoy your neighbors I, I... you say that though we've got a couple of little old ladies in our clothes that are risking their lives every day they go out and they've got no fear wow do you think like because it like obviously we're laughing about this but some people are still very much not adhering to guidelines or and still going about their, their day-to-day as much as they can i mean what's your opinion on that I think you make a really good point and it, it's really valid because it isn't necessarily affecting you or your loved ones and so therefore it's it's barely real like if you didn't watch the news and you don't get these daily updates and st- uh, statistics 
it seems like something that's happening to everyone else. Uh, I, I actually know a couple of people who have had it, kind of mildly. A couple of people have been in hospital, but I don't know anyone who's died of it yet. But I've got friends who have posted on Facebook and, and have said, oh, my God, my, you know, a really good friend of mine has passed away from it. And I think we are still like, you know, one or two degrees away from separation with this thing or knowing people who have got it. Um, but it is certainly that disconnect that is in people's minds. And I think yeah. it's I think equally it's a coping strategy because people don't want to face it because they are scared. So they do try to go about as normal. We did the war. We did the war. We got past the war. Yeah. No, I, I, it's a valid point. It really is. And it's, it's interesting to see. Um, I, I guess kind of like one thing I wanted to talk to you about as well, because kind of coming off the back of that, some people are trying to go about as normal. And once we do come out of this lockdown, um, how are people going to get back into gigs and going to gigs and playing shows? Do you think venues are still going to be able to draw a crowd? Well, I mean, this is the big question, really, isn't it? Um, I, I mean, I've had this conversation with many people, obviously. I'm sure you have as, have as well as a gigging musician. Yeah. Uh, what is the music industry going to be like after this? Is there going to be a music industry in the way that we knew it before? Mm. Is Was that the end of a chapter? And this is going to be a new... A new one beginning that we won't really know how to navigate. It's what are your thoughts on kind of the, the points that you've just made, the questions you just asked? Yeah, and it's something that we can't we can't predict really. I mean, we can give it. We can probably have a fairly educated guess, but uh, yeah, I mean, whenever because I'm pretty certain if lockdown was lifted, I think pubs and venues still stay shut for a while. Mm. Um, so the big question is when are we going to start gigging again how quickly are we going to start doing it because when the, when all my work was cancelled the one sort of like little grain of hope I thought was well I'm going to have a fantastic winter when everything is like rescheduled <laughs> and I'm, and I'm a, mom's getting some good Christmas presents this year <laughs> So you think even like the Christmas gigs and the New Year's gigs still aren't really going to happen to the full capacity that they normally would? Some sort of guideline. Um, 
I doubt some local bands would even notice it. It's just like business as usual for them when you be, <laughs> when you draw five people. Our oh, mum's still here. It's fine. It's good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we won't be there. But you know, yeah. it, it's funny because I'm I'm very much on the fence about this, and I I do very much agree with what you're saying. But equally, I think I would never underestimate the British public. I mean, was it a few years ago when? There was like a terrorist incident in Borough Market, or I don't know which one it was exactly, but the the there was that picture of the the guy running out of the pub with a pint glass in his hand, full yeah. of beer, and it was like the absolute like they completely encapsulated what it means to be part of the British public there. Yeah. yeah and our I drinking agree. culture. Think, yeah, and I, I like you said on the flip side of what I said, I'm very happily, I will be very happily surprised see people defiantly just coming out and doing stuff i think actually that could be the way it goes what you're just mentioning there you know once the lockdown's lifted people are going to pour out into gigs and venues and clubs and pubs and all sorts because they've missed it and they appreciate it more oh yeah i think they could go crazy especially if it's summer if it because if it's festival time as well and you know, just like if you want to go to Download or whatever or, or, or Reading or any of the big ones, you're looking at, you know, £200 a ticket plus food and accommodation or camping or whatever. But if those big ones aren't happening now, maybe all the smaller gigs of, you know, 100 to 200 people, maybe up to 1,000 people are just going to fill out because people are looking for stuff to do. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, I, I think this is one of those things where it could go either way and we won't know until it happens. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, possibly, possibly what you said then is correct, but then maybe it's a regional thing. You know, London might be way, way busier than normal. Mm-hmm. And we see a huge uptake of people coming to gigs and appreciating it. But then other parts of the country are just dead uh, or, or other sectors are dead. I don't know. Um, no, it's interesting. And one thing I'm really... Well, two things. Firstly, I think... If anything gets busier, I think it will be like the jam nights and the open mic nights that I know you play in the house band for or we were talking about last time. Because I bet every musician who has been indoors for six months is going to be itching to get out and just play on stage. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point, actually. I, I think um, certainly the first two or three weeks will be really, really busy. But I, I think after that, it will probably soon die down. I, I think things will go back to quote-unquote normal fairly quickly once everyone's had the blowout of the first few weeks. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I think you're probably right, actually. That's a really interesting point about uh, musicians just really, really wanting to play. And it will it'll be all the amateur musicians as well, I imagine, because that is their only chance to play. Yes. Where professionals will be like, okay, cool, my work's coming back in now, I don't have to worry. And it's kind of the relief sets in, whereas those guys, you're right, it's like, yeah, I want to play, I want to do it, I've missed it, so I love it. Well, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. It's funny talking about the amateur guys as well because the the pros and um, I think we touched last time on like the West End and how these are these sort of gold nugget gigs to get. Obviously, that's closed down for the first time, maybe ever. The whole of the West End has closed down in yeah. London. Yeah, I think 
interesting actually. I wonder how the West End will be affected because they'll still put the shows on. But I wonder what the audience intent will be like because the tickets are fairly expensive for the big shows. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that was something that people will prioritise budget wise because obviously everyone's going through financial hardship now, even with government help. You know, people are generally only getting eighty percent of their wages and. Uh, yeah, yeah, I wonder if people, if, if they'll see a, a decline in numbers for the first few months. That'd be interesting. Yeah, or even if the marketing of it will change because instead of having, you know, £80 tickets for The Lion King or whatever, are they going to cut prices? Or people who have obviously bought tickets during this time, they have either got their money back or sort of, you know, had it rescheduled for a later date. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah Yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? And presumably, obviously, like they're paying a mortgage or rent on the venues themselves, which if, like you said, everyone's in hardship. So even if the owners of these venues and theatres can even pay that, or if, like you said, I think your words were, was that the end of that chapter and now we've got to find something new. Definitely. I think that's a really good message to put out to all musicians and performers and entertainers out there. Like, you know, we will all be okay. The work, it's got to come back, right? In one form or another, it will come back. Yeah, absolutely. I'm just, I saw this post on a, on a forum saying, uh, <laughs> from a professional drummer saying, I'm really worried about my job after this because everyone's going to be practicing and everyone's going to be really good. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, definitely. What, I, what I'm really going to be intrigued about as well, because I think for a lot of young musicians growing up, sort of, I think your real prime years when you come to grips of playing in a band and playing as part of an ensemble, you know, when you're, let's say like 16 to 18, when you really start to discover it, give or take a couple of years, it's, you know, jamming after high school with your friends or going to each other's houses on a Saturday in the garage. And, and like, you know, those are your beginnings when you, learn to interact with other musicians and I'm really interested in the knock-on effect that's going to have because we might be all like technically really proficient players but are we going to lose a certain uh, musicality to our playing do you think? Yeah I mean I, I, I think uh, that's a really good because we um, we're missing that you know 
know that other side of music, which is the creativity and the, and the, um, the interaction side of it. So yeah, I think that'd be a skill that some of us probably have to dust off and shake out a little bit when we go back. And uh, yeah, like you said, with the younger players as well, I don't think they'll suffer too much from this. I mean, I think there's always that inspiration of playing with music. People are still releasing music. People are still creating. So I think the younger players who just love to play, because there's always that phase of you get into it, you learn the basics, and then you just play to every record that you love. Yeah. Um, which is a really integral part of any any musician's journey, for sure. Um, I think that will still be there. That passion will still be there. And these kids are now at home all the time as well, so they have full access to these instruments. Oh, yeah, 100%. It's so great to have that. Um kind of off the back of that as well you were saying about being creative and releasing new music do you want to tell us about uh, the new EP that your band The Made of Ales have put out <laughs> yeah so we put out a four track EP just before lockdown um, it's called Everything In Between and um, yeah I'm, I'm super proud of it man I was listening to it the other day actually because we just released the second single off it and a song was Screaming Out and you know I, I, I'm one of these guys whenever I create something I will listen to it but I will listen to it to death because I'm just always it's kind of like half pride and half analysis okay um, so I was, yeah I was listening to it loads when it first came out and then I kind of went away from it I was like cool I'm, I'm, I hate these songs now um, and then I came back to it a couple of days ago and I was listening to it and I was like wow I'm really proud of everyone's work on this and not just my own uh, but everyone has done such a good job and um, we've had really good feedback from it as well which is nice it's nice to know that I'm not the only one who, <laughs> who thinks we did a good job <laughs> um, but yeah man I'm, I'm super proud of that and it came out uh, early March uh, March 5th I think 4th 4th or 5th I can't remember um, yeah and I just can't wait to get get it out on the road when we're back out of all this mess yeah definitely take it out to the public I mean it it's so a really cool thing as well, everyone's staying at home and listening to music now. So they're going to be itching yeah. to see the band. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've discovered loads of stuff over the last few days. But even just on you know social media, I'm sure you've probably seen loads of stuff as well. You know, people just creating things and in their front room, just doing silly things and keeping a smile on everyone's face. It's so, so amazing to see. Really, really wonderful to, and all these people who aren't musicians or aren't creative types in their day-to-day lives are just excuse me discovering new ways just mm-hmm. to do stuff. It's great. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think when you have limited options, it really pushes you in one direction. Um, the the ones who I think it must be most tough for is like music teachers who I know quite a few who are sort of teaching from home right now and sort of Skyping from their bedrooms with the drum kit in or their little practice space. And then they've just got, got their four-year-old kid wanders in. Um, <laughs> like they're trying to be really professional or be on a songwriting session. And then like their dog will just jump on their lap. Um, yeah. And it's, yeah, it's part of working from home, I guess. Mm. And so what's the point of making it the same? 
just do do what you can and have fun with it and just try and learn something I think and I, I think it's hilarious when stuff like that happens I think it's great yeah I guess you just need to play off it and it's not as if like if that happened in real life you would tell that kid to get out of a room and like you know but it's just on a screen like god knows how many miles away you can't really do anything about it can you like you're just sort of laughing Yeah, so I think it's going to be really interesting. I think it's kind of what we were talking about last time, is what the role of musicians is going to be after, well, I mean, during all this and after all this as well. Because right now, it seems that every professional musician has become a professional teacher. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, it's interesting. I I did a podcast last week with my friend Alid Roberts, and uh, he's a really great music educator, and he's super technology driven and has been pushing this way for so many years over this stuff and cr- using all these online tools and then it didn't really affect him too much because he went into this and he was like yeah i've got all this down and like the level of what he's producing just teaching wise is, is amazing he showed me some of the resources after the podcast and i was like wow you've really got this down really really cool that's amazing it's great when people do that people really resource it just helps the student and helps the client if it's not teaching, you know, it just really, really pushes everyone along the way. And I think people who have got home studios as well are probably loving life right now. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty amazing, man. Um, yeah. As we uh, as we start to wind down here, I wanted to ask if there were any particular bands or acts that you're really looking forward to seeing kind of once all of this is over. Yeah, man. Um, so I'm getting super, super into a dude called Devin Townsend. Oh, yeah. I love Devin Townsend. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. I, I feel like I'm really late to this party because I've been like dangled to my friend sending songs. It's like, oh, check this guy. And they're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> amazing. I'm like, why did I double this? And so I'm like proper, really like head first dived into him. And I, when, he, when he starts touring again, I'll definitely go see him. Um, uh, you know what? I, I'm not really one sounds really bad um, <laughs> as a musician but it's not that I don't want to it's just it's not really high on my priority list um, but I, there's, there's a dude I started playing for in the new year uh, just before this kicked off we did an amazing gig in uh, the Half Moon in Putney mm-hmm. and um, I was so it's like really prog rock kind of stuff and I was like I have to learn parts like actually learn parts rather than just like eight bars and groove it's like I have to get a bit down Nice. And uh, I was so up for it, and then all this happened, and I was like, "No!" <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's just released his album, so if, if people listening want to go check that out, he, his name is Bo Bowen, and it's called The Great Anticlimax, and it's a great album. Um, so that those are the two listening: Devin Townsend, Bo Bowen, lots of prog rock, lots of awesome riffs. That's what I'm into right now. Nice man, that's really cool. Yeah, we'll have to try to feature like some of the tracks or the ones that you played on as well. We've made available like on the podcast as well and put some links or something so people can check it out on Spotify and Apple Music, yeah. um, so people can well, stream I, I throw, it. I throw it back to you. What are you What are you listening to right now? Um, <laughs> you know what? I've gone into a really weird sort of place musically. So I've normally I've sort of had like kind of go to metal bands or or favorite bands that I've got kind of gone to. But I've really been on this kind of whole world music trip right now. So I'm I'm listening to like a lot of Spanish rock music. 
uh, and then that kind of dove more into like the Afro-Cuban type stuff and then like into like this like West African stuff. Um, so I, I'm not even going to try to pronounce some of the names to you. Um, I've, I've started to create like a little playlist actually so I can share it with you on Spotify but it's just like these amazing melodies and rhythms that just some of this stuff, like the polyrhythms, like don't exist in Western music, and it's really weird to listen to, but yeah, feels yeah. really great at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's so so left of field to what we know. It's like, whoa, it's like a fascination. You can't help be drawn to it. Oh, definitely, yeah, and even just listening to music in a different language as well, and feeling how kind of I guess the, the musicians complement it, if you know what I mean. Um, but it it is also quite funny listening to that stuff and like you really want to sing along but you're like oh no I haven't got the <laughs> you know the linguistic capacity to actually sing these songs you're sort of like kind of half hum a melody but you think you know um yeah <laughs> uh, yeah cool man that's great I'd love to check some of that stuff out yeah I would definitely put a link to you um amazing well Ollie let's wrap it up um thanks so much for coming back and kind of talking about where we are right now and, and potentially where we could be going with, with all of this. Yeah, well, it's all, it's all just speculation, isn't it, really? Um, we won't know until it happens, I think. But um, I would just say, I think everyone's panic phase is over now. <laughs> so yeah. we'll just get back out there and we'll, we'll, we'll make it through. We'll be okay. Definitely, man. Well, thank you so much for being a guest again. And uh, make sure you stay safe and I'll speak to you soon. Yeah, you too, man. Take, <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye.